This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. On today's episode, Maria is joined by a special panel to discuss Latinx picture books and authors. Today's audio comes from a virtual conference originally recorded June 2nd. Now, let's meet the panelists. Hi, everybody. I'm Cindy Rodriguez. I am from um, Connecticut, although I grew up in Chicago. So Chicago and the Northeast are my, have been my homes. And I'm a middle school reading interventionist. So I work full time as a, as a public school teacher. And my debut novel, Three Pockets Full, looks like this, will be coming out on September 1st with Cardinal Rule Press. Um, and I'm also a, one of the founding members of the Latinxes and Kidlet um, blog, which has been celebrating uh, Latinx creators in children's literature since 2013. Yay. Excellent, Cindy. Thank you so much, Duncan. Go ahead and unmute yourself and introduce yourself, please. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Duncan, or in Spanish, I pronounce my name Duncan Donatiu. And I write and I illustrate picture books. I have my 14th book coming out. Um, most of them I have uh, written and illustrated. For a few of them, a different author wrote it and I only uh, illustrated. And all my books are very different from each other. It's not like a series with, um, with the same characters. Some are fiction, some are nonfiction. Um, but one thing they have in common is that they all have to do with Mexican culture or Mexican American culture in some way. I grew up in Mexico and then I came to the US as a teenager and that really inspired me to, to learn more about my uh, Mexican background and to, to display that in books. And my latest book is coming out in November and I don't even have the physical book yet, uh, but it's called A Land of Books, Dreams of Young Mexica Word Painters. And it's about um, people in pre-Columbian times that made books and, uh, and maybe I'll get a chance to tell you a little bit more about it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Duncan. And um, those of you participating, we um, we do have the intent to have translation on here, um, but we are trying to help one of our other panelists um, get their volume all set up. So please bear with us. Um, Jorge, would you like to introduce yourself? Okay, great. Hi, everyone. I'm Jorge Lacera. I am the uh, co-creator and illustrator of Zombies Don't Eat Veggies. I'm also the illustrator of two other books. Um, one of them is uh, Exo Exoplanet, which is like back there. Uh, that one I illustrated and it was written by Deborah Underwood. And then one book that I illustrated that just came out in April is called Prude and Sue that was written by Nancy Vio and I did the illustrations. Wow. Oh, oh I, I grew up in, I grew up in uh, Miami, but I was born in Colombia. Um, always wanted to draw for a living. I knew that's what I wanted to do even when I was like a really little kid. Uh, and I'm really excited to, to get to do that now. Fantastic. So we'll definitely be asking you some illustrator questions while we're here because we know that we have another illustrator as well. All right, where is Carlos? Carlos, can you try and see if we've got your volume corrected? Well, if you, okay. Um, well, my name is Carlos Aponte. And uh, you can, okay, great, fantastic. Um, I am the, I'm a, I've been an illustrator for a long time and I am brand new at this with children's school. So I'm an oldest, oldest brand new artist. <laughs> So um, my first book that I wrote is called Attention to Be. Um, and then I did Across the Bay, which I don't know if I could go to see it here, Across the Bay. And 
Um, my latest book is coming up. It's a um, collaboration with Alex Lubovitsky that is called uh, What I Work For, which is coming this fall. Fantastic. Thank you. And we have one more, and we can hear you. So that's wonderful. And we have one more panelist, Claudia. Would you like to introduce yourself, please? Um, so uh, my name is Claudia, and I am the author of um, Not a Bean. And I have a another book coming out. It's kind of become a series um, called Not a Monster, and it's about axolotls. This is about jumping beans. Um, that one comes out next year. And then this year, I have um, a book called um, still dreaming. That's about, uh, it's a historical book about Mexican repatriation. Um, and I grew up in, um, in El Paso on the Texas Mexican border. Um, and I now live in Chicago. I've lived here for like 20 plus years now. So, um, I was, I didn't even know that about Cindy that she grew up in Chicago. So that's really cool. That connection. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, welcome to our panelists, boys and girls who are out there. I love seeing your faces. How about we give them a big round of applause for being here with us today? This is just an awesome panel and I can't wait to learn more. So I'm going to ask a question and if our panelists, as long as we have no volume issues, everyone stay off mute so that we can naturally have a conversation. My first question is what inspired you to start writing for children? So everyone's not going to answer each question. So go ahead and tell us. Who felt, who, who wants to share their inspiration for writing? I guess I'll jump in and go ahead. Um, I started writing, um, I first wrote what young adult novels. I, I, my first published book was a young adult novel. And at the time it was very much influenced by my teaching and um, the experiences that I was having at the time as a teacher, but also my um, experiences and relationships with my students. Um, so that was definitely inspired by by those those um, experiences, and I I've just been I've been teaching for 21 years, so I've been surrounded by children for a long time, and it just seemed like a natural thing to do. I just was always reading children's books because I wanted to know what was, you know, popular with my kids or books that I could can my kids that I knew that they would like, and I really can't even remember the last time I read an adult book at this point. It's just everything that I read and everything that I write and everything that I research about has been in the children's um, literature realm. So that's just been my love for a long time now. Wonderful. Anyone else? You know, boys and girls, one, one thing to know if you're listening, not all grown-ups grow up to be a writer. Some grown-ups have other jobs, like Cindy talks about being a teacher and also is a writer. And so I think it's really neat to note that when you are a kid, when you are a teenager, when you are a grown-up, you can do many different things. Does anyone else want to share some of their inspiration? And maybe you have done many different things. So I think I've, I've definitely done many different things. Uh, so as a, uh, a kid, like I said before, I always loved drawing and that was something that I was really interested in. Uh, I went to school for that. I went to a art high school called Design and Architecture Senior High in Miami, Florida. And then I also went to art college. I went to the Ringling College of Art and Design, which is in Sarasota, Florida. Um, when I graduated from that, I worked at a greeting card company called American Greetings. It's where I met my wife. Um, and I've been able to do a bunch of different art for a bunch of different things. So I've worked in video games, I've worked in animation. And when I 
what inspired me to write books in, in particular is because I, I always loved books as a kid. I always loved going to the library. Uh, I was the kid that was like stacking like the bag really heavy uh, and reading the books in the car, even though I get car sick because uh, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't wait till I got home to read. Um, and so I always knew that I wanted to uh, write and illustrate books. I felt that um, there weren't a lot of books that had families that looked like the my family, you know, with characters that, um, you know, speak Spanish or come from uh, you know, Latino families uh, or Latinx families and backgrounds. And so that was one of the inspirations to do that. Um, but I really bring a lot of my experience to my, to my books. Uh, I, I try to bring as much of, of my different, the different things that I've done uh, to, to bear. I feel like illustrating for, for, for books and telling visual stories are, are really what I'm passionate about. Wow, that's wonderful. So you have created many different things is what I'm hearing from you, including video games, which boys and girls put your hands on your head if you've ever played a video game. Maybe, maybe not. And greeting cards. So um, I think that's wonderful because I sure do love getting and sending greeting cards. So I have one here of a dog that I'm holding up. Um, and so you were able to do many different things with that love and passion of designing and writing. Wonderful, wonderful. Does anyone else want to share? I have another question. Um, you know, both of you touched slightly on this, but why is it important to you to include your culture, your background, like who you are within these stories? Does anyone want to share a little bit more about well, that? What I can say about that is that um, we, uh, to me, to be to write a book, it has to come from something you know, something you experience, and that's part of uh, of really telling your own story. So to me, very, very important that I understand who I am, where I came from, and tell those stories from me, from my perspective, from my culture, because it, it, it's, a, it's an honest, you know, expression of who you are. An honest expression of who you are. So being able to really write from the heart and illustrate from the heart. That's beautiful. Anyone else? Oh, Duncan. Um, well, for me, you know, I always loved writing and drawing since I was a kid. But I was interested in things like comic books, you know, Spider-Man, X-Men, and manga. And I wanted to be an artist uh, and a writer. Um, and But when I came to the U.S., you know, I, I grew up in Mexico. When I came to the U.S., I started missing things that were around me growing up. You know, the food, the music, different traditions. And I started becoming more interested in the culture of Mexico and the art of Mexico. Um, and in my different projects that I had when I at my university, I would often connect them to, to my Mexican background. Um, and that's how I kind of came up with my illustration style that's very influenced by pre-Columbian art, by the kind of art that people created in, uh, in ancient Mexico hundreds of years ago. Um, and that eventually led to me doing picture books. I met a, an, an editor that published picture books that liked the, the kind of artwork that I was making. And, um, and as I've made more picture books, I began to learn about the need for more multicultural literature. Because in the United States, there's thousands of new books that come out every year for, for young readers, but only a small amount of them are about you know, Latino children, African-American children, Asian-American children. Even though there's so many different kinds of children in the United States, the books that are available don't really reflect that. And I think it's very important for, for, for kids to see themselves in books because I think that kind of lets you know that, that your stories matter, that your experiences matter, that your culture matters. Um, 
and and I think it's also a way for for children that may be of a, that may have different experiences to learn about someone different than themselves. You know, maybe through books you can learn about someone that practices a different religion or speaks a different language. And so that way, when you meet them in real life, you're less likely to to be scared of them or to have prejudice towards them. So that's um, you know, I, I, that's an inspiration for me to try and. And, and make multicultural books. And the thing that I feel that I'm knowledgeable of and, and, and can speak about is Mexican culture and Mexican-American culture. Duncan, um, I, I'm just really moved by those words because those children listening, we had just over a hundred classrooms sign up. And so for those who are not listening now, they'll be watching the replay. So the children who are picking up books, like you, Authors and illustrators are making such an impact in these children's lives because they're picking up books, they're seeing themselves in those books, they're learning about other people in the world. And so our next generation of leaders, our next generation of human beings who are sitting here growing up, they will have a much better respect for people and their differences because we here are trying to get this into their world today. So, I mean, boys and girls, a silent uh, high five for that. Thank you so much. And Duncan, you mentioned something, and I thought this might be really fun. You mentioned that you really wanted to, you missed things from your home, you missed things from your culture, and you wanted to put those into your books. So any of our authors and illustrators who are sitting here, if you have a book of yours nearby, and you can pick something to share with the audience, an actual something in the book that reminds you of your culture, reminds you of your heritage, and if you can share that illustration and talk to it, that would be really neat. So I don't know if anyone has anything like that. I'm gonna give them a second here, boys and girls. And I'm getting questions from classrooms. So thank you very much. We'll probably take questions in about um, eight minutes. So boys and girls, keep your questions coming. Claudia, do you have one? I do actually. Um, so when we were working on, on Not A Bean, uh, one of the things that we really wanted, so this actually takes place um, in Mexico, right? And kind of, Wanted to, I wanted it to reflect some of my experiences going back home um, to visit my grandma when we were little um, and just how different we all look because I think sometimes when we look at, you know, at certain books, um, they think that like, you know, all Mexicans look like the same or all Latinos, you know, look the same. And that's not even true, right? So one of the things I really wanted was for all of these kids to look different. So I remember like I, I sent them a picture of me and my cousins when we were growing up and how different we all looked. Um, and so for me, that was really important to have like that, that diversity in the way that the kids were portrayed, um, because we are so different in Latino culture, you know, we are so different even within like, you know, Mexican culture or Colombian culture or whatever X culture that we may come from. Um, my kids themselves are like half Mexican and they're half, half Mexican, one fourth Salvadorian, one fourth Guatemalan. So like, you know, we, we're like growing up so different and there's so much diversity even within our little enclaves. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Claudia. Uh, I have one. Um, so I have a couple. To, to piggyback off what Claudia said, um, I so my, my book is about a family of zombies, the Romeros. And the Romeros, are, uh, they all have different skin tones. Because to, to, to point out what Claudia just said, even though they're zombies, they're different. They're multicultural. They're, uh, they, they speak Spanish. And so um, this we part of one of the reasons for wanting to write the book was to reflect our family. My, my wife is American. She's from Ohio. Uh, and so like even within our family, we have different skin, skin tones between myself, our son and, 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 and me. 
And so I wanted that reflected in, it's like, why not zombies too, right? And then the other thing is, um, I have a dish here and it's our empanadas. It's, this is part of the big reveal of the, uh, the meal that the zombie meal that they've made for veggie loving Mo. And I, I really, I, I, my mom makes amazing empanadas and I grew up eating them and they just are such a like, food is such a signifier of culture and that spread always, I wanted to put that in there because I, first of all, I, I think it's a hilarious pun. And second, I just love the idea of having, uh, you know, th that those little touches that remind me of, of my culture and, and growing up. Fantastic. I can go ahead and jump in next. Um, I love your book, by the way, Jorge. It's just, oh, I you. love it. Um, so my um, debut picture book, as I said, is called Three Packets Full. And it's actually the, about uh, the goybera, which is a traditional shirt in Caribbean culture. And the inside pages have like all these little illustrations of the shirt itself. Um, and so the shirt is plays a major part in this book. And my dad, who's from Puerto Rico, I just always remembered him wearing wearing these shirts. You know, they have four pockets and they were always like his go-to shirt for a special occasion or for a party. So it's not, you know, like the shirt you put on to do housework. It's, it's the nice shirt, you know? Um, and it was interesting because talking about like culture, I, because my dad came from Puerto Rico to the, to the mainland and my mom is from Brazil, my brother and sisters and I are the first ones to completely grow up in the United States without having that experience of, of being born elsewhere. So for me, it's important to keep those connections and to keep that culture alive. So I was, you know, when I was thinking about a story, I was brainstorming about things that maybe I hadn't yet seen in a picture book, you know, something that could be surrounding, you know, touching on culture, but also um, talking about like celebration, like these are worn to weddings, they're worn for special occasions. And I just remembered my dad, you know, he always had one on and it just influenced me then to to really learn about the shirt, where it came from, the, the folklore behind it, and the fact that they're still very popular and they're still worn all throughout the Caribbean, throughout Central America, um, and even in Southeast Asia, they're all over the place. So hopefully people will learn a little bit something about, about the shirts themselves, but that's definitely most, um, definitely connected to my experience and seeing my dad get all like proud and dressed up in his Goyabeta when we had to go out somewhere. Fantastic, that's awesome. Carlos, did, did you break, grab anything? Yes, I do, of course. Um, well, I, I definitely miss, I don't know if you can see because of my background, but I definitely love the idea. I mean, I miss, I you cannot see it from there. Okay. But I just, uh, the palm trees and the mango trees and the bananas, I mean, like when I'm here in the state and I have a house upstate, I don't see that. As a matter of fact, last time I was in Puerto Rico, I told my mom, Mom, I want seeds of guanabana, you know, and I don't know if they're going to grow up here in, in, in America or not, but I just miss the food from Puerto Rico. And I know all of you, like you miss those things that you eat because you can find them here. I mean, you find them here very rare and sometimes they're more expensive, but it's something that I miss a lot. I miss nature and I miss uh, uh, the fruits and the, and the vegetables from the island that that's in my book. Wonderful. And, and even though it's hard for you to show your book, we can see the palm tree in your illustration yes, behind you. Yes, <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Now we're getting close to time for questions from our students, but one of the things that students always like to hear is they like to know as a writer, as an illustrator, 
what is part of your process when you're writing books, when you're illustrating picture books? What is something that you do? Now, I will give you an example. I met an author who puts on headphones and listens to really loud music when she writes. And I thought that was so different because I know when I write, I have to turn off all the noises around me to focus. So does anyone have a special writing spot or location or anything they'd like to share about their process of writing? Um, for me, I'm, I mean, I first start, um, you know, when I make a book, first I have to be very quiet also, you know, and I like going to, to the public library. Uh, it has a nice courtyard and I sit out there and I like to write and draw there. Um, and, um, and so, but yeah, at first I have to be very quiet or sometimes I like going to a park and, and, and writing there. Um, but then there's also another part for me, like once I'm kind of illustrating, once I've kind of finished my manuscript and, and I've kind of have the sketches for the book, maybe they're not perfect, but they're close to being done. Um, after that, it's I put different kind of textures into my illustrations. You know, in my books, you can see that some parts of the book are very realistic. And I do a digital collage where I'll, I'll paste different textures and, and Photoshop into my illustrations. And that part of the process, um, that's more like labor. I don't have to think as much. It takes me a lot of hours doing it. Um, and so when I'm doing that, I can listen to music or listen to the news or have sports on TV or something. I can be more uh, distracted. And the first time when I'm first um, writing and drawings, when I have to be very quiet, when sometimes I can feel blocked, you know, I'm not sure how to resolve a drawing, how to finish a story. And that's when I like going for a walk, you know, to kind of clear my head a little bit. Sometimes I can think of, ah, maybe if I start the story like this, if I turn the drawing like this. Um, but then the second part of the process, once I kind of have the manuscript and the sketches is when I can kind of listen to music and, and be a little bit more distracted, so to speak. I think that's wonderful. I think a lot of kids can connect to that. Claudia, did you want to share something about your process? Um, yes. So I yeah, just want to say that like for the past number of years, I've had small children in my house. So my oldest daughter is 10 and or about to be 10. My youngest just turned five. And so we've had a very full house with a lot of noise and a lot of things going on. So for me, um, I've actually done a lot of my research and like first drafts on my phone, which people think is kind of like crazy. Um, but I have like I like every like my all my picture books, you know, all the research, the first like drafts have happened on my phone because it's like when I can have the quiet time, like everybody's gone to bed um, and I'm too tired to go sit in front of my computer. So I'll just like be next to my son and be like, you know, typing on my phone. I think that's, you know, you, you do what you have to do. And I know I was once at a doctor's appointment waiting and waiting and waiting. And I had a target receipt from, from shopping and I turned it over and I started writing the outline for a story right there. So I think um, I can connect to that, Claudia, and the process that when an idea comes to you, you have to write it down. That's really important. Go ahead, Cindy. I was gonna say, um, I'm the opposite of the people, like your friend with the headphones and the music. I also have to be um, in silence. And I think throughout the whole process, um, and sometimes, you know, I can get away to the library or someplace, but when I'm home, and if I, I really need to just get something done and I'm working at home, I've gone so far as to, as to use earplugs because, you know, I have my husband who watches TV very loudly. I have a 15 year old daughter and I have two very barky dogs. Like anything that moves, they start barking. 
So if I have to stay home, I know that I'm going to be surrounded by noise. I have actually used like earplugs to keep myself like focused in my head and on the screen. Um, I also have like, I have a little desk in the spare room. Um, we're at a very small house, but we use one for like a workroom. But interestingly, I don't use, I use the desk when I'm doing more formal things like writing emails or updating my blog. I feel like it's more like I'm sitting straight up and I'm doing like business type work. But when I'm creating, when I'm doing a draft or when I'm trying to brainstorm, I, I sit in my bed <laughs> and it's just, I get, I have to be comfortable. So either I'm sitting, you know, in a comfy place on the couch or I'm sitting in, in my bedroom um, so I can lay things out in front of me, but I have to feel at you know, comfortable. I, I don't want to be thinking about like being sort of in a cubicle sitting straight up at my desk. That to me reminds me too much of just like typical work. So like my creative work, I want to feel cozy. Um, so my bedroom is my bed is actually my writing space. Cozy. I heard cozy a couple different times. Go ahead. <laughs> so I, I have a completely different. Um, I download a lot of images. So I take a lot of photographs when I go to Puerto Rico. And I let the I let the images speak to me. I, I know it sounds weird, but I let the images speak to me. And then when I have an idea what the book is going to be about, I do the cover. I do the full cover. And then I say to myself, the book is done. Just finish it. Wow. <laughs> I know. I do. I, I force myself to the book is. This is the book. This is the cover. Now write it. It's, it's, a, it's a very kind of reverse, but it works for me because. It forces me to think and then write it. So I, I do I do opposite, you know. And I need a lot, I, I do a lot of walking also. A lot of walking and and uh, I stop someplace, I look at ants, I look at something, I let you know my mind just go and then idea will you know this is something with the story. Yeah, I hear a lot of differences in the process, like creating the cover before the book. I hear a lot of people do some walks and take some quiet space to come up with ideas. One of our questions, panelists um, and authors and illustrators is, have any of your books won awards or have they been given credit by certain organizations? Um, and that is Mrs. Colin's class would like to know if any of your books have been recognized in certain ways. And I don't hear any answers, but they should. You have the Pura Belpre, you know, award. Some of you know. Yes, Duncan. Duncan can speak up. Yeah, I've, I've, some of my books have won awards and, and honorable mentions. And uh, I mean, I feel very lucky for that. And one thing that has, it's been very helpful because, you know, sometimes when you go to a bookstore or library, maybe, you know, you're not sure what book to pick. And if you see that it has a sticker on it, you know, then it means that some people thought that this book was good. So maybe, you know, like it'll encourage people to, um, um, to pick it up. Um, yeah, there's different, the Pura Belpre, there's an award um, called the uh, America's Award that, uh, that I've received. And one really nice thing about that award is that they create a lot of like educational guides mm -hmm. with ideas of how to use the books in the classroom. Um, and that's one thing that um, that I also feel very fortunate when um, when I've had my books that students like use them in the classroom and create projects out of it. Like from one of my books, they made a play or they create a poem, different things. Uh, sometimes people will try and draw in this kind of like pre-Columbian inspired style. And so that for me, um, 
like receiving an award is extremely rewarding and extremely helpful. But one of the things that I've most appreciated as an author is when I see kind of the book take a life of its own and, and students and, and, and children and teachers use it uh, using in their classroom. I think that's also very, very neat when that happens. Yeah, I, I agree with Duncan. I, I think it's always really cool when with zombies, we, we've won several awards, including the Black Eyed Susan Award, the uh, Kentucky Blue Gas Master List, and we were on a list, uh, a reading uh, rock star list in Texas. So um, it's, it's exciting to then see those books get used in classrooms and the cool activities that kids come up with. I love like one of my favorite things about being an author illustrator, seeing kids drawings based on the on the books, because uh, it's always so cool. It's my favorite. Uh, most flattering thing. So if any of you kids out there are interested in doing any zombie drawings or anything, you can tag me at Jay Lacera on Twitter. Ask your teachers to help. I love seeing that stuff. <laughs> I saw Diego gave you a thumbs up. Um, friends, all of the student friends out there, if you have a question, so I've, I've asked the question that I saw in the chat. If you have a question and you want to raise your hand, and I know you all know how to use Zoom quite well. Um, you can go ahead and raise your hand and I will unmute you. Your faces still won't be shown in the recording, um, but the panelists should be able to see um, your face. So uh, Diego, uh, I see your hand is up. So I'm gonna ask you to unmute and ask your question. Um, one day I, um, when another teacher made a, and like, two pages from a book, do not read this book. And it took me a long time to do it, but um, but that book, what, there's no pages to I could write more. So I just buy two more pages and that that book I made it, do not read this book. It was so hard because I needed to do a lot, um, a lot of writing. And also I had made a lot of drawings and also um, I I think I have, what well, the teacher, um, I have written a book of, I remember, but it was some some a a guy that that painted and a lot of things like World War and all of that. And I wanted to, and we needed to make a drawing about like before. And I just make this like a drawing before, and I I because it was a book that I read with a teacher um until I, um like until I get here. Diego, it sounds like you worked really hard on that writing and I know the panelists were able to see I hope you were able to see his illustration. So keep up. Yes, the great that work. was very cool. Wow. I mean, I started drawing and writing when I was a kid, you know, and if you keep doing it, you know, I mean, I guess my advice if you're interested in, in making books as a career, one would be to to read a lot. Because if you read a lot, then you can start like learning from other authors what tools, what techniques they use in the writing, and then use that in your own stories. And from drawing, I think there's like different ways to draw. There's not one correct way to draw. So I would also encourage you to try different styles. You know, there I think you were drawing with markers maybe, but some people use a computer, some people use scissors and glue. You can use a camera. And I think if you experiment and try different things out, you'll be able to find the way of working that that is best for you. So that would be my my advice if you want to pursue a career as a as an author or an illustrator. Emily, thank you for sharing. Thank you, Emily. Diego, I would also add, you know, if you have a shoe box or something like a little box that nobody will throw out or recycle, keep everything. Because I also started writing in diaries and journals and things like that when I was your age. And some of the stuff um, my mom luck luckily had kept it and we were able to go through it 
when we were older. And honestly, those are your personal experiences, whether it's a school assignment or something you write for yourself. And that could spark ideas for you later about, you know, different short stories you might write or a book. Um, so everything is, is valuable, you know, so don't feel like, oh, this isn't good enough. Just keep it. I would keep it, let it sit. And, you know, you might end up using them someday for a project. I have two more questions and then we're going to wrap things up. Um, I have a question for Jorge and then Ruby, there are two Rubies. And um, so I will ask the Ruby who has her hand up to unmute herself. Um, but first we will um, ask Jorge. Jorge, the question is how long does it usually take for you to write and then illustrate the story? Okay, so it takes a very long time to <laughs> write and illustrate a picture book, surprisingly. Um, you know, I think it took us, uh, so I, I write also, but I also write with my wife, Megan, who's a, a writer as well. So we collaborate. So I think it took us probably to, to, to write and ultimately illustrate Zombies Don't Eat Veggies, probably four years we took. And that was just uh, researching, coming up with one idea. We had many, many different versions of the story, both writing it and then ultimately um, drawing it, drawing different versions, different sketches until we ended up with the one that, that you can buy at stores today. But yeah, it, it, it takes a long time. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. You know, I saw um, Aiden, because Ruby's drinking something right now. So we're going to have Aiden ask his question. Um, uh, the books that you write, I actually uh, read one of your books. It's called uh, The Same Thing the same book that you showed us i read that in the library amazing thank you so much for sharing aiden thank you wow so Alexander. cool aiden i like your glasses too those are sweet totally cool <laughs> go ahead alexander i think in the second the second graders read um our class read duncan's um book is about I think I don't remember the book, but I remember that I remember the photo that he showed. He read that. Wonderful. And our last question, Ruby, are you ready to ask your question? Ruby put Ruby with P. Are you ready to ask your question? Okay, there you go. Yes. Hi, thank you for making the books for us and how much does it take to make a small book? Okay, well, okay, so Jorge answered about a big book. Um, Carlos, would you like to tell us how long it takes to write a small book? Well, um, <laughs> I had a version of my of a small book, so it's kind of like kind of the same thing at the same time, but it worked a little bit faster. I mean, when I do my book. But uh, um, it kind of takes the same time for me. Like it depends on the story and depends what you're trying to do. Uh, it could be a book about words, which it wasn't take a long time. But when it's a book about families and stories from Puerto Rico, it takes a little bit longer because there's different voices and different things happening at the same time. Okay, so what I'm hearing is it takes about the same amount of time to write a small book as it does a big book. Fantastic. Well, as we wrap up today, boys and girls, I would like to tell you that I hope you can think about when you're writing about taking what's in your heart, what's in your home and adding 
all of those important things into your story because who you are is so important. I heard several of our authors and illustrators at the beginning talk about how who you are matters in the world and we want you to remember that. Do any of our panelists have um, a goodbye final thought that they would like to share with our group to kind of close us out? I would just say that um, each and every one of you are already illustrators and writers and to just keep going. I, I started, as Duncan said, when I was a kid too, drawing and, and I remember I remember all those stories that I, that, that I wrote. My mom kept some of them, so it's nice to look back on them, but you could start right now. Uh, and, 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 and as, as Maria said, it's so important to get your stories out. The world needs them. Fantastic. Yeah, and I want to add, okay. add one more thing. Um, it's, um, the kids go out, play, make friends, don't stay in your home, playing video games, go out and experience life because if you don't experience life, you don't have anything to tell. So please go out, um, meet, uh, go and Get to your family, have experience with your family, with your grandfather, your mother, your grandmother. Uh, that is very, very important. Okay, so stay away from the phone, really speak and go out. <laughs> stay away from the phone and the tablets because the real world is outside. All right, boys and girls, I think those exactly. are the greatest parting words. We're going to wave goodbye. Thank you so much for coming, everyone. And thank you so much to our amazing panelists today. Have a great day, everyone. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.